0: Blessings everyone. This is Dale. So good to be with you today. I know that some of us are listening first thing in the morning. Some are listening last thing in the evening, some in the middle of the day. So regardless of what time of day it is, blessings to you because truly this is the day that the Lord hath made. Uh, I I welcome you to the Word podcast uh, where we simply search out the Word of God and say, Lord, what is it that you have to reveal to us? What do you have to speak to us? Individually, what do you have to speak to us? Lord, corporately, what do you have to speak to us? We've been uh, working our way through the book of Galatians, and we've reached a fourth chapter now. And as you've noted, if you've been with us, uh, we take a few verses at a time, sometimes overlapping from previous times, trying to capture the whole big picture of what's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, again, like I said the last time together, it's a little pollenish around here this time of year. Anyway, we're going to be beginning the fourth chapter of Galatians. And uh, as is the habit with Paul, a lot of times in his writing, he uh, has sort of a structure to things. The first two chapters of Galatians, he was uh, bringing forth what the issue was. The issue was that somebody had presented a different gospel, a different form of a gospel, not the same gospel. It would look sort of the same and sound sort of the same, but it wasn't the same. And so Paul spoke about that at the very beginning. And then he also spoke a great deal about himself. And a lot of times people will say, well, he was given his testimony. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean by that, but it's really a lot more than that. Paul is given a defense of himself. He knew things that were being said about him by a group of people that had come in with this distorted gospel, with this different gospel, with this group of people that had come in intentionally to bring forth havoc. Same thing happens today, folks. He knew what they were saying about him, and they were bringing in this different gospel and undermining him. That was part of their strategy. So you see that in the, really the first couple of ch- uh, chapters. Then in the chapters 3 and 4, Paul brings home what the problem is. And the problem is this. You cannot be a person of faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and be under the law. The Judaizers, as we call these people, were trying to get those of true faith and true belief to place themselves under the law, under the uh, Mosaic Levitical law, and to place themselves there. And then they could be good Christians, and nothing could be further from the truth. And so in chapters three and four, uh, we have seen that he dealt with that using Abraham as an example. Abraham was one who believed what the word of the Lord said, and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed by faith, and he believed by faith hundreds of years before the Lord gave the law. So now we find ourselves in chapter 4. And in the last two chapters, as is the habit in Paul's writing, he starts bringing things home in a very, very um, um, practical sense. What's going on in chapter 5 and 6 It's going to be very, very practical. Chapter 4, he starts transitioning it. Okay, He's using the example of Abraham. Using the example of Abraham, and he's building upon that. So watch this. This is uh, Galatians 4, verse 1. He says this. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything, verse 2. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set. By the Father. So he had closed out chapter three saying that if you're all heirs and we're heirs by faith, whether Gentile or Jew. And he picks it up. Now remember, there's no chapter division, no verse division in the original. He says, as long as the heir is a child, he's not any different from a slave. Well, why is that? Well, because he has guardians and he has managers, he has people over his life until the date set by the father. In other words, until this child becomes a true heir and inherits inherits what the father has for him in our society that normally comes along at the death of the father. Okay. It can happen earlier, (coughs) excuse me, can happen at an earlier time when the father is still alive, but generally it happens then. So Paul is saying to them, as long as the heir is a child, he's no different from a slave. But then he says this verse three. So also we, while we were children were held in bondage Under the elemental things of the world. So he's saying that while we were children, when we were unlearned, when we didn't know, we were held in bondage to the elemental things of the world. To the Jewish people, they were held in bondage to the law, and the law is what restricted them. Right here, I believe he's given special emphasis and speaking to uh, those that were of Gentile background. And he says, you were under bondage of the elemental things of the world, foundational things of the world. And when you do a little cross-referencing what it means to be elemental things, there's some interesting things that you see about that, like the elemental things of our faith, of the true faith. You see that over in Hebrews, I want to say the sixth chapter, fifth or sixth chapter, but I believe it's the sixth, which talks about the elemental things of the faith. Here he said, y'all were in bondage to the elemental things of the world. But then there's verse 4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And there's so much right here that we really can't get into too many details because of the format. But you see what he's saying. The first part of the chapter, he's saying we're a child until the date set by the father. Here he said the fullness of time came and God sent forth his son. That fullness of time refers to the time when Jesus Christ was born, that the days were complete from the very beginning before the foundations of the earth until that moment of time when Father would send forth his son. And it has a wonderful picture here, born of a woman. And they we're reminded that Jesus was born under the law. So he's born of a woman but he's God's son and he's born under the law. And that's to set up the idea that we see all through scripture that Jesus was under the law and he never broke a law. He was perfect in all his ways while he was here, fully human and fully man. Yes, a mystery that we don't quite understand. Uh, Let me read one more verse, we'll be done, okay? Verse five. Well, let me back up four because it's all one sentence. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. This right here would have just rattled the mind of both groups. The Jews considered themselves to be God's children. They were born that way. It was their divine right. That was it, okay? And so the Jews, are son of God, really no matter what they did, The Gentiles thought, well, I'm not Jewish, so there's no way that I can be in right relationship with the Jewish God, with the most high God. But right here in this verse, he says that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. We know the Jews were under the law, but we saw in the third chapter that also all the world was under the law. And so the Lord sent forth his son to redeem all of us that all of us might receive adoption as sons that the jew can receive adoption as son that the gentile can receive adoption as son and if you remember at the end of the third chapter paul says we're all one we're not jew we're not greek we're not male we're not female we're not free we're not slave we are all one in the lord Jesus Christ. Uh, these are profound, profound truths which would have tremendous impact upon the body of Christ, folks. And listen to this if we would pay attention. There are so many divisive battles going on within the body of Christ, uh, theological battles, debates that are taking place because man refuses to look at the simple truth of what the Word of God says. That's the reason we gather together like this. So uh, take these things before the Lord. Uh, Go back later today and read that passage right there and say, Lord, what is it that you're speaking to me? And then listen to what he says. I'm Dale, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you again next time.